Good morning. Good morning. It is good, isn't it? It's good to be gathered together. It's good to be here to praise and worship and just uh, uh, come together in His name, isn't it? It's really good. Uh, there's a lot. There you go. There's a, a, a lot of people who, who are either sick or traveling or whatever. We're missing quite a few, so we, we lift them up in prayer. But, um, uh, man, it's good to be here. And I thank you all for choosing Beecher Island to come and, and to worship. And, and we thank all those that are online and, and that uh, are devoted to the online ministry. And, and there is uh, several that, that do that. And, man, what a blessing that is to have our online ministry. Um, and... and if you're new with us today, uh, let, let me just introduce Beecher Island to you. We're, we're a group of people who love the Lord. We strive, we strive to deny our flesh and pick up our cross and follow. But we fall short in that. We, we mess it up. And that's why we're here. Because if you came here today to look for a perfect person, uh, let me just tell you, you're not going to find it. Because uh, there's only been one. Only been one, and that was Jesus Himself. The Christ. And that's why we're here. We're here because we want to seek out the perfect One who died for us. We want to seek that relationship with Him because He says, when you believe in Me, you will have life. And that's why we're here. We're not here to boast in self, but to boast in Jesus Christ. And what a... What a great thing that is. What a, what a joyous day it is to be gathered together knowing that we have life in His name. And um, I just want to say thank you for being here, but also that is why we are an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. I work it in every Sunday, don't I? That's who we are. And I love that. I love that we're here to seek His Word. Not a denomination, not a religion, but His Word. And um, I, I hold you guys accountable for keeping me in line with that. And uh, thank you for doing that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have people who question me, whether you believe it or not. There's some in here that question me, and it's good. I enjoy it. Um, I said last week that we were going, that we were done with the. Let me back up. We are in the. Uh, long study of the Gospel of John. And, and uh, we, we've been working our way through this Gospel. And, and last week I said that we were, we were at the end of the ministry, the public ministry of Jesus. But I tell you, I misspoke. I misspoke in that because today we're going we're gonna to talk about a miracle that Jesus did. And it's really His last miracle that He does in His public ministry. And probably the greatest. Probably the greatest miracle we will, we will, we will get to read about today. Um, and that was raising a dead man. And um, I'm excited to jump into this. Uh, but I want to make sure that as we work through this, as we work through this miracle, I don't want us to get all caught up in the miracle and forget why John wrote this. And it's pretty easy to get caught up in the miracle. But I don't want to forget why John wrote it. And he says in John 20, verse 31, but these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, 
And that believing, you will have life in His name. And that's what I want to make sure that we read it with that mindset. Because that's why John wrote it. So if you will, open your Bibles up to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. and uh, I'll just warn you now, and I probably shouldn't, that... Um, I really thought I was going to get a lot further along in John chapter 11 today, but it's going to, yeah, we're, we're not going to get far. But I'm going to read quite a bit of it, and then I'll show you where we end up. But John chapter 11, and while you're turning there, let's go to him in prayer. Father God, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for each individual that is here today. I thank you that, that it was on their hearts to come and to, to praise and worship you and to seek your word and to seek you and, and just fellowship with others. Uh, other believers. God, uh, we know that this life is not easy. We, we know that um, there, there are huge struggles, Lord, but we know that You walk with us. We know that when we abide in You, You abide in us. We know that when we call on Your name, You fill us with You, Your Holy Spirit. And I thank You for that. And I just pray this morning that Your truth be spoken. And that we seek out that intimacy of relationship with You through it. And I pray that if Your truth is not spoken this morning, that whatever it is, it just falls to the wayside and it is not of anything. God, I thank You. Thank You that You love us. And I thank You for dying for us. And given us that the promise of eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Alright, John chapter 11. Uh, hang with me. We're going we're gonna to read most of it. But uh, John chapter 11. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil. Fragrant oil, I guess that. Fragrant oil, and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he who you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. And after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of the world. But if one walks in the, light, in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said to the Lord, If he sleeps, he'll, he'll get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought that he was sleeping, he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sake, that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. 
Then Thomas, who is called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Mary and, uh, Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. Mary was sitting in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whether you ask of God, God, whatever you ask of God, God will give you. <coughs> Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went on her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. And then the Jews said, See how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? And then Jesus again groaned in himself, came to the tomb, it was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would, be, that if you would believe, you would see the glory of, the God, uh, glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father... Thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said, the, he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen these, the things Jesus did believed in him. Some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. We're going to stop right there for this morning. Whew. Amen, amen. Huh? God's Word is good. And we're going we're gonna to dive into it. Um, just a little history here, uh, and it's all right there in His Word, but 
But uh, Lazarus lived in this little village of Bethany about two miles east of Jerusalem. And, and we know that his sisters lived there also with him, Mary and Martha. They, they all lived in this town. And, and um, when Lazarus became sick, it was apparent that Jesus was on the east side of the Jordan. And the sisters sent word to Jesus immediately that Lazarus was sick. And, and he presented it in such, such a touching way. They presented it to him in a, in a touching way. And I, and I was thinking about this. I was thinking about the way that they, they told Jesus this. And I, and I thought maybe it would be a, a great way to address people. We talked about love this morning in class. It reads, so the sisters sent word to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And I thought, man, pretty heartwarming. Pretty heartwarming. The, the way that they presented their case to the Lord. That they appealed to His love for their brother in, in a special argument, right? I mean, uh, uh, they, they were trying to say, this is why you should come and help. It's the one that you love. But in all honesty, what a touching way that these sisters reached out to Jesus. They appealed to His love in, in, a, in quite a way. You know, honestly, I hope that I start using this in my prayers. As I read through this, I thought, man, well, what, a, what, a, what truly a, a way, a heartwarming way to, to, to ask for prayers from our Savior. Jesus, the, the one that you love. And we can use that, right? Jesus says that He loves every one of us. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, He loves you so much. So why not? Jesus, the one that you love is sick. Jesus, the one that you love is struggling. Jesus, the one that you love is, is having a difficult time. Jesus, the one that you love, put in whatever you want to put into that as you pray. What a way to pray, though, isn't it? What a way to pray. And then it says, but when Jesus heard this, He said, the sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the, the Son of God may be glorified by it. Jesus did not mean that, that Lazarus would not die. But that death would not be the final outcome. Death would not be the final outcome of this sickness. Lazarus would die, but he would raise him from the dead. He, he would raise him from the dead. Jesus was trying to get them around him to see, and also I believe the readers that are reading this, to see that the real purpose of the sickness was the glory of God. That the Son of God would be glorified through it. But I think there's something very important in this. God didn't make this happen. God, God didn't make this happen, but He allowed it to happen so that Jesus would come and raise Lazarus from the dead. And once again show that He is the Christ, the Son of God. But He allowed it to happen so that Jesus would come and raise Him from the dead. 
I want us to get this though. There is absolutely no suggestion that Lazarus' sickness was some result of sin in his life. I want us to hear that. It wasn't a result of sin that he was sick. I mean, Lazarus was presented to us as, as a man who was loved, as a disciple, as one who followed, as one who, who, whose heart was for the Lord. He was, had a special purpose of the Savior's love. Just like every follower. Just like every follower. And so, uh, when sickness enters our home, uh, we, we should not conclude that, that, that God is, is displeased with us. When, when, when sickness comes, or when troubles come, don't, don't tie that to, to God being displeased with us. That was not the case here with Lazarus. At all. Here, sickness was directly linked to his love. To his love. Hebrews 12, 6 says this. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Now, I know that there is a sermon in that, but I'm not preaching it this morning, okay? I just wanted to bring up that to caution, tying hard times, struggles, sickness to a sin. That's not what we're to do. That's not the case here. Lazarus, who is loved by Jesus, just like all of his followers. And now I want to read verses 5 and 6 again, and I want you to truly listen to what happens. Listen to, to, to what Jesus says and does here. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When, when He heard that she was sick, He then stayed two days longer in the place where He was. Makes sense of that for me. <laughs> it was completely laid out that Jesus loves these three siblings. He loves them. But it also tells us that when he got word of this emergency, he, he stayed for two more days. I, I mean, in, in my mind, my, my thought would be that, man, it's an emergency and, and Jesus is just going to drop everything and run to Lazarus and help him. I, I think about if we got word about a loved one, would, wouldn't we drop everything and run? Wouldn't we drop everything and, and do whatever needed to be done? But Jesus, he was just calm, cool, and collected, and he just finished up what he was doing. Then he talked to his disciples about going to Bethany. I can't help but put this in terms of an emergency in an airplane, and there's some pilots in here, but if you're up at altitude and you have an emergency in an airplane, you know what the first thing you do? Take a drink of your coffee. The first thing that you're supposed to do, it's not on the checklist, okay? But the first thing that you're supposed to do when there's an emergency in your airplane, when you're up at altitude, take a drink of your coffee. Take a deep breath. Take another drink of your coffee. Then handle the situation. That's what Jesus was doing, wasn't it? Yeah. But Jesus was doing so much more. So much more. 
Mary and Martha wanted Jesus so badly to come. To, to come and heal their brother before he dies. And, and my guess is that they had full expectation that as soon as Jesus heard this word, that, that he would come running. I mean, think about it. When, when we pray for our loved ones or ourselves, we, we have that expectation too, don't we? Jesus, drop everything right now and answer my prayer. We have that expectation. But I hope that in this we see that God's delays are not God's denials. And I think that's a, a really important aspect to have. If our prayers are not answered immediately, perhaps He's teaching us something. Maybe he's teaching us to wait, to stop and take a drink of our coffee and take a breath and take a drink of our coffee. And if we wait patiently, we will, we will find that he will answer our prayers in a much more amazing way than we could ever even fathom. Because look, not even these three that he loved, it points out that he loved these three, not even the love of these three could force him to act ahead of the proper time. Everything that he did was in obedience to his Father's will for him, for his Father's will, and in keeping with a divine timetable. So after two days, Jesus tells his disciples, hey boys, it's time to roll. Let's gather our things. Let's go. It's, it's time to go. and Let's go help Him. But all of His disciples could think was every reason not to go. What are you even talking about? He, he says, they say, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you and are you going there again? Are you crazy or something? They were pretty much saying, how could you even think about this? How could you, you know what the danger is. How could you even think about going and being stoned? And then Jesus gives them his answer. And I, and I hope it's okay to paraphrase this and, and kind of put my own opinion as to, to, to some of this. And you'll know what my opinion is. But, but um, he's saying in an average day, in an average day, there, there are 12 hours of life. 12 hours of light when people can work. As long as a, a man works during this allotted time, there's, there's really no, no danger of his stumbling or falling because he sees what's going on. He sees what's, what's happening, what he's doing. The light of the world or daylight keeps him from accidental death through stumbling. The spiritual meaning of Jesus' words, in my opinion, is this. The Lord was walking in perfect obedience to the Father's will. And there was no danger of Him being killed before the appointed time. He would be safe until His work was done. He would be safe until it was all done. And how many times did they try to stone Him and He just slipped away? We read that they were going to kill him. They were going to stone him. They were going to seize him and, and just end his life. They were going to take care of him. And he would just slip away. 
In a sense, this is true for every believer. If we are walking in fellowship with the Lord, doing His will, there is no power in this earth or on this earth that can kill us before God's appointed time. And there's absolutely some who will, will struggle with this. And I, and I have to say, though, when I, when I read God's Word, when I tie it all together, I, I see the truth that lies in this. Hey, he says, nobody will snatch you out of my hand. And then Jesus goes on to speak of the person who, who walks in the night. He, he says, uh, he's speaking of the one who is not faithful to God, who is, who is not a follower, who, who is walking the ways of the, of the flesh, the walking the ways of this earth. That person stumbles because they do not have divine guidance. They do not have the, the, the path that is lighted by the Lord. You see, uh, Jesus was saying in that, walk in the way of the Lord. Because I walk in the way of the Lord and I have no fear. But when I, when I do the Father's will and I'm walking in His, His will, there is no fear at all. And so He says, I need to go to Lazarus. Our, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but, but I go so that I may awake him out of his sleep. And, and, I, and I like the disciples' reply to this. Well, if he's sleeping, just let him sleep. He'll get better. Don't worry about him, right? Like, we don't need to walk through all this danger if he's just sleeping. Let the dude get better. He'll be all right, right? And then Jesus speaks truth to him. Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sake that I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Man, what a big statement that Jesus makes here. A big statement that Jesus makes. In no way is he saying that he's glad that Lazarus had died. But, but, but he was glad that he was not in Bethany at that time. If he had been there, Lazarus would not have died. I truly believe that I, I, because I say this because can, can you think of a person in the New Testament that died in the presence of Jesus? I will just tell you there is not one. There is not one who died in the New Testament in the presence of the Lord. You see, I think that Jesus is saying that the disciples would see a greater miracle than the prevention of death. And they would see a man raised from the dead. And in this way, their faith would be strengthened. Would be strengthened so much. Therefore, Jesus said that he was glad for their sakes that he had not been at Bethany. So they could see this great miracle. And with that, he said, boys, let's go. Let's go to him so we can help him. And then Thomas pipes up. Let us go so that we may die with him. I want you to see what he's saying in this. The, the pessimistic way that he's saying it. And he's not talking about Lazarus. Yeah, we'll go die with Lazarus. He's talking about Jesus. He's saying, yeah, you fool, Jesus. We'll go with you. Because you're walking into a death sentence. If you really want to go there, you're going to die. And so are we. So let's all go. 
Definitely not an example of great faith, but one of discouragement, right? And I, and I think that it's easy to point fingers at Thomas, isn't it? It's easy to point fingers at him and say, look at you, you non-believer, half-believer, whatever you want to call it, right? Like, man, have some faith. But in all reality, he was in fear for Jesus. He was in fear for, for what Jesus was saying that they were going to do. He was in fear for Jesus' life. That He was going to get stoned and so it all lay. And I think we can draw from what had to be on their minds. I mean, seriously, it was a death sentence for them to go to Lazarus. But Jesus was saying, I walk in the way of the Father. I walk in the way of the Father and I have no fear. So gentlemen, let's go. And so they headed for Bethany. And the Word tells us that when Jesus got close, He learned that Lazarus had been dead for four days, which makes complete sense because it was a day's journey to Jesus from Bethany. And so they sent a Word, right? So that would have been a day. And then Jesus said, well, I'm going to hang here for two more days. And He hung here for two more days and then He took a day to travel. So it made complete sense that Lazarus laid in the tomb for four days. He, he, he died right after they sent word. And Jesus knew that. Before Jesus even got there, He said He's dead. You see, I think that Jesus wanted to make the point that this was going to be a big miracle. He, he wanted to make the point in all the naysayers, He wanted them to know that, that Lazarus was dead. And that He was in the tomb. And that he wasn't just, just asleep, resting. He wasn't just sick. He wasn't just hanging out all by himself. No, he was dead. And as soon as Martha knew that Jesus was coming, she ran to meet him. And when, when she saw him, she showed great faith and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She had great faith, but it wasn't complete. She had great faith, but it wasn't complete. She, she thought that Jesus had to be right there and could not heal Him from a distance. But we have a little advantage in this game, don't we? We know that Jesus could heal from a distance. The, the centurion told Jesus, well, you just command it and it'll be. And Jesus said, you have great faith. It'll be. You know, sometimes I think that we talk like Martha. In times of sorrow and sickness or bad things happening, when we put our faith in things of this world or maybe doctors or medicine and it doesn't work out the way we want, we, we say, man, Jesus, if you just would have been here. If you just would have been here, my loved one would have been okay. I want you to listen to me. All these things are in the hands of the Father. All these things are in the hands of the Father and nothing happens to one of His own without His will, without His permission. Okay. 
And Jesus is going to prove this to Martha. But before that, she, she shows great faith once again. She says, even now, I, I know that, that whatever you ask of God, God will do. God, God will give to you. And here it is. So church focus. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? What a beautiful statement he makes. What a statement that he's putting out here. In verse 25, it, it, it says, that The Lord says, You do not understand me, Martha. He, 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 he's saying, I do not mean that Lazarus will rise at the last day. I am God. And I have the power of resurrection right here in my hand. I have the, the power of resurrection and life in my hand. I can lay, raise Lazarus from the dead right now and I will do it. But also, Jesus was looking forward. Jesus was looking forward to a time when all believers, when all believers would be raised. Uh, the, the time will take place when the Lord comes again to take all of His followers home. Man, what a glorious day that will be. What a glorious day that will be when He comes. But listen to me, there were two classes of believers. He lays it out for us here. There are those that have died in faith and there are those who will be living in His return. He comes in the first class as the resurrection and the second as life. But both are promised life for all eternity with Him. And man, that is a great promise. A great promise that we can stand on. And Jesus point blank asks Martha a question. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? And Martha answered, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Martha was already a follower and she loved Jesus. But yet Jesus still asked her, do you believe this? I think that's something to look at. So I'm going to ask you, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Because these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing, you'll have life in His name. That's what it tells us. So I'm going to invite the music team up and I'm going to talk just a little bit more here. But Listen to me, today is the day to ask yourself, how committed am I? How committed am I to Christ? Do I, do I just want to be a fan and keep Jesus over here on the other side of the street? We're walking in the same direction, but He's over there and we're going to be okay. And when I really need something, I'm going to cross the street and come over here to you to Jesus. Just be a fan of Him. <clears throat> or do you want to be an all-in follower? 
an all-in follower and completely live your life for Him, laying down the sin that so grips on you and tries to grab a hold of you, laying down the things of this life that you know are not bringing glory to God, laying down the things in this life that you know are stopping you from the intimate personal relationship with Jesus. Stepping away from the things that bring you pleasure in this life, but you know is a sin. Are you ready to walk away from it? Are you ready to lay it down and just say, I don't want no more part of it? I want to walk in the ways of the Father. Are you ready to lay it down? Are you ready to believe with everything you have that Jesus is the Christ? Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. Do you believe this? That question is to you. That question is to you. Church, can you say, I walk in the way of the Father. I have no fear. Let me just say, if you need prayers this morning, If you're struggling with something and you need prayers, I'm going to be up here. Some elders will be in the back. If you need prayers for anything that's stopping you from saying, I walk in the way of the Father, I have no fear. Let's lift them up to Him. Father God, I thank You that we can come to You and just pour out our heart. Jesus, I thank You that this account that we have of Lazarus dying was not just about a miracle, but it was about you showing that you were the Christ, the Son of God. It was you showing that, that you are following the will of the Father. It was all about showing that, that you walk in His will, not in your own, and you're calling us to do the same. I pray that we can say, we know that you we know, we know, we know that You are the resurrection and the life. And it's in You and You alone, You alone that we have life. True life. And God, we're going to struggle here. We know, that, we know that we're going to have difficulties. We know that sin will try to entangle. We know that things are going to try to grab a hold of us. But Lord, we don't have to stay there. And we can get up and walk with You in Your way and have no fear as we lay down the sins the struggles, the hardship, the heartaches. I want to thank You for that. Lord, fill us with joy this morning, knowing, knowing that You are our Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please stand and sing with us. If you need prayers, I'm not actually going to be in the back. If you need prayers, come to the back.